Steve Bunt and welcome to the first edition of the Prize Fighter podcast. And what a great show we've got to start with as we build up to Prize Fighter Heavyweights 4. It's on October the 9th at, you guessed it, the fabulous York Hall in Bethnal Green. Now this man knows a thing or two about big heavyweight nights. I never got in a fight thinking that I was going to lose. So, yeah, I even fought some people injured because I thought I was better than them injured. Evander Holyfield, who else? He joins us later. And from a legend to a kid at the very start of his career. Prize fighter is open love doors for me. So maybe like before next year we're targeting big things. Patrick Mendy, now he won the prize fighter super middleweight title at just 19 years of age. And I ask him, what's next? One of the biggest nights in British boxing history is on the cards. David Hayes' popularity over the next few months. Um, versus Audley's popularity is going to be a real strange cycle and Audley's popularity, I believe, is going to soar. That's Audley Harrison's manager, Eddie Hearn, who gives me the latest, the latest on the Harrison Hay tussle. Plus, you could win two ringside seats for prize fight on October 9 in our competition. All that to come here with me on the Prize Fighter podcast. By the way, my name's Steve Bunce. on October 9 as the heavyweights once again take over your calling glorious Bethnal Green. There have been some great shows since the first prize fight in April 2008, but when the heavyweights come to town, well, it all gets a little bit special, to say the least. This one promises to be a cracker, as some big names are in the draw, some really big names, and the draw, by the way, was made by heavyweight legend Evander Holyfield. Well, last time out, we had the youngest ever winner of prize fighter, Patrick Mendy, who was just 19 when he beat Paul David in the final of the super middleweights. This time, it's the heavyweights. In quarterfinal one, Michael Holden, former British heavyweight champion against Kevin McBride, the Irishman who finished Mike Tyson's career. In quarterfinal two, Carl the Fridge Baker, the man who beat Danny Williams last time in prize fighter three. Against, and you'll love this, a wild card. Quarterfinal three, it's young and old. Danny Hughes, he's dangerous, he can bang against Michael Sprott. He's been in with just about everybody in Britain and Europe in the last ten years. In quarterfinal four, we all seem to find one like this, don't we? Ali Adams, the first Iraqi to ever take part in Prize Fighter. And in the opposite corner, Matt Skelton. He fought for the World Heavyweight title a couple of years ago. Well, that's Prize Fighter 14, which is Heavyweights 4. Tickets are available now from Matchroom. It's 01277 359900. From the eight contenders, including the wild card, to a legend of the heavyweight division. Evander Holyfield conducted the draw for the Heavyweights 4, and I sat down with the real deal before he did the draw. Now, what you have to remember about Holyfield is that he fought... 30 bouts, 30 fights against guys who held world titles. There are 18 world heavyweight title fights on his record. He is a living, breathing legend. This is Evander Holyfield. Evander, which fighter would you like to go back and do all over again, if you could? Well, not not one. I'm, you know, I guess, you know, I, I think uh, you, you really learn from your past. But if you didn't have that pass, you wouldn't have nothing to learn from. I, I truly believe that I'm the fighter that I am through all the mistakes and all the, the ones that I didn't make. 
is what makes you who you are today. Which was the difficult, the most difficult, the hardest night for you in the ring, Ivana? Well, I, I would say uh, the fight with, with Lennox Lewis. The first one or the second one? The first one. You know, I was sick. I was sick and I fought him and, and I made a big mistake by I let this get under my skin at that time and he called me a hypocrite and I told him I was going to knock him out and I got myself all confident that I was going to knock him out then when the fight came I was sick and and so when I didn't knock him out that third round like I said you know it was like all the air just went out man it was just like I wanted to climb out the ring, just got out of the ring, I wasn't feeling good. Then I guess the next round, the fourth round, I got my eardrum bust, and I was, and, you know, I was just, it was just an odd fight, and it was just, I, I've been tormented, and, but I made it to the end. Now that was a controversial one, and it was, you know, it was a draw, many people thought that you'd lost, some people thought you'd won, but in the rematch in, in, in Las Vegas, most people thought you'd, you'd won, nick the fight, but he won it on a very wide decision. Did that upset you slightly? Well, it did. It did, but uh, but I would, I felt redeemed because either way, either way it is, I know that I won the fight, even though I didn't get it. And and I guess the, the ultimate thing after the fight, because I handled it well, I didn't cry, I didn't complain. Uh, Lennox wouldn't fight uh, John Ruiz, so I got the opportunity to be the full-time heavyweight champion of the world, which if I would have won that fight, I would have retired. That was it. I would have been three-time heavyweight champion of the world just like uh, Ali, and I would have moved on. But since I didn't get that, I decided to stay in the game. You had some fantastic series of fights, the two with Lennox, the three with Bo, the three with Ruiz, the two with Michael Mora. But perhaps you're best known for the two with Mike Tyson. Now, going into the first fight with Mike Tyson, Amanda, let's not be rude. Most people thought it was going to be a walkover for Mike, but not you, clearly. Well, I mean, you know, you know that's, I guess, the good thing about boxing is it's not about opinions, but about what the two individuals do in the ring. And, you know, I got the opportunity. And it, but I guess what people didn't, don't realize, the history of Mike and, and myself, we came up together through amateur. I made the Olympic team. Mike did. Mike lost against a guy named Henry Tillman. Mm-hmm. And, and so me and Mike knew each other real well. We both trained together. We was on the losing squad trying to make the Olympic team. You know, Mike and I, we trained together and all that. And I made the Olympic team. Mike didn't. That's the only difference. But, you know, we both won the National Golden Glove in America. He knocked four, he knocked four guys out. I knocked five guys out. And he got, uh, he got the big award for the outstanding fighter. I felt that I should have, but he got it. But, you know, we, we both trained hard, and everybody knew that we were good fighters. And everybody used to say what would happen is Mike Amen. and Evander Holyfield fought. And like this, and so Mike was our friend. And so Mike would always say, you know, I don't want to fight you because you're my friend. With me, I never said that because I, I, my goal was to be the heavyweight champ of the world, even though I was a light heavy then, you know, but, you know, you know I was a late bloomer. I didn't, I didn't grow real fast, and I grew real slow, and, and I was able to accept that. 
Did you have some sort of altercation with Mike at one of the pre-Olympic training camps? Did you have a, 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 a row with Mike, an argument with Mike over around the pool table? Or is that just a story? Well, it, we didn't have an argument. We didn't have an argument, but Mike was the guy that, that when he didn't win, he didn't want to get up. So Mike, when he lost a couple of times, he took other people's place. But, but after they placed it, then my turn was next. So when it came down, I grabbed the stick. And everybody said, why he ain't taking a hold of the game? He, he, he lost twice, but two people in front of me, he took day places. But when it came my time, I said, nah, I get the stick. And it, you know, so everybody asked, why he ain't take a hold of the That's why he ain't take mine. And everybody said, you know, holy crazy too. Like this, and everybody said, you ain't crazy. I, yeah, I'm crazy, I just know how to act. But the point of the matter, you know, I came from that background as well. And, you know, if a person pick up a stick, I pick up another stick too. And you'll find that neither one of y'all won't hit each other because nobody crazy because don't nobody really want to get hit the stick. But you'll threaten somebody with a stick even though if the other person who's not crazy, they're not going to threaten you. They're going to just give in. You pick up the stick too, you know, all right? What you want to do? <laughs> do you wish, uh, Van Dyne, I'm not suggesting that you're old because I'm a bit older than you, but do you wish you were a bit younger with these heavyweights around at the moment? You know, like, when, um, for instance, when you fought Value Ever a couple of years ago, do you wish that had been 10 years ago? No, I, I think it was the right time. You know, uh, age didn't have anything to do with it. I beat Value Ever. Matter of fact, I, I beat him more decisively than, than David Hay beat him. And it, David got it, but, you know, they didn't give it to me, but it's all right. It's, it's a part of life for you. Life is about all the things that you endure to be able to tell your testimony, to tell people that, you know, hey, you know, just like, just ask myself, a lot of bad things happen, but a lot of good things happen as well. So, you know, you can't really complain because life, life don't have no favorite, no favorite. And it, everybody have stress, good people and bad people. It's just how you handle it. So as you approach, you're getting a bit older, you know, you're close, closing on 50 as opposed to 40. Well, yeah. Do you still think you can win a world title, a world heavyweight title? I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't feel that I could. You know, I just as I told the people in Sweden, I said, you know what? Hey, you ever seen an older guy do something he don't do well? You ain't going to see it. Because older people get a little wiser. They don't do things they don't do well. So I'm fighting because I do it well. What about this prize fighter tournament? Are you familiar with our prize fighter tournament? Eight guys, one night, one winner, one big prize, all in the space of two and a half hours, that type of thing that the real deal would have liked in his heyday? Well, I, I would have did that when I was younger, but, you know, at an at old age, your body don't recover that fast. You, you, <laughs> you need more than one hour. You, know, you, you need more than a few hours. I'm saying, you, know, <laughs> you know, when my body get tired, it get tired. That's it for the day. <laughs> so what are you doing in London at the moment Why, why are you over here? Well, I'm, I'm here with uh, representing Real Deal Poker, Poker in the Park, and uh, give somebody an opportunity to play me head up and, you know, letting people know that, uh, you know, poker is pretty much just like boxing. You have, to, you have to play the hand that you're given. And as you see, a lot of times people thought I was too small, didn't think I was strong enough, they thought I was too nice. But it's life is about our thinking, people. It's the decision that you make. And so, um, you know, with poker, it's, it's the decision that you make, the hand that you play. Some poker players can be really vicious around a poker table, can't they? They can get inside your head. Some of them can be nasty. Well, you know, it's, 
it's you as the individuals, all of that. You got to know how to reflect. You have to make adjustments. You know, Barton is making adjustment, and Pocus is making adjustment. You know, it's it's not an instant win. It's the long term. Whoever lands you in, they they stand a chance to win. If you get knocked out early, that's it. It's just like a twelve round fight. You, know, you got twelve rounds. Your chance to win if you make it to the end. But if you don't make it to the end, you lost. So you're fighting again in November, is that correct? Or correct. In, in Detroit against yeah. Sherman Sherman Williams? Yes. Now I heard talk in the summer that it was a possibility that you might have another fight with Mike Tyson. Was that just idle talk or was there something more to it, man? Well, it was, you know, it was it was something that was brought up and personally I you know I know Mike and I talked to Mike, Mike said he didn't want to do it. Because he said his heart wasn't in it, which is which showed that he's a person that really care deeply about how his career stands. You know, he feels there ain't no reason to get in the ring. He knows he's not going to train. He's not going to do the things that's necessary to win. And, you know, with me, I'm the type of person like that, too. I never got in a fight thinking that I was going to lose. So, man, I even fought some people injured because I thought I was better than them injured. And, I'm, you know, unfortunate, I wasn't that good. <laughs> but I lost. Evander, if you've got just one DVD of one of your fights and you've got a nice Sunday afternoon, all the kids are out and you can put your feet up, you've got yourself a nice orange juice and you'd watch one fight, what fight of yours would you sit down and watch? Well, the, Dwight, the fight against Dwight Muhammad Kwawi. The first one? That 15-round fight is like, you know, and, you know, I, I have a son that boxed and I show him this fight and I told him, I said, this is the fight that actually gave me confidence to feel that I can... Pretty much, you do anything I set my mind to. I said, "This is a 15-round fight. Before that fight, I'd never been past eight rounds." I said, "You know," I said, "In that fight, after the third round, I was tired." I said, "The only thing that got me through that fight is I prayed. Please, Jesus, don't let me quit." I so I didn't quit. When I made it to the end, I can care less who won the fight. I made it to the end. I didn't drown. So did it because because the guy the guy he was I think his record was thirty five and one and he was telling me you a baby you can't make it and all this and so you know only thing I didn't want to do I didn't want to quit I didn't want him to knock me out because he had said I'm gonna knock you out you're a baby you you're playing a man game and he, and I remember in the press conference he was throwing pampers at me and all this and stuff like that it was like it was like you know he won he won the. The, the first battle, but he just assaulted me by everything, and I couldn't say anything back because my mama, my mama was watching TV. My mama said, "I don't care what nobody said. You don't sit here and talk trash. You show them what you can do in the ring." So you know, but I was actually only being nice when saying that because my mama was gonna chastise me like that. So, but in being quiet, I was able to win the fight. So you lost the first battle of words, then you won the fight in a row. Evander, thanks very much indeed. Thank you. Fantastic. All right. Holyfield presented a trophy to Patrick Mendy at 19 became the youngest prize fighter champion when he won the super middleweights night back in June that was a hot night it was a memorable performance as well Mendy and his manager Jim Evans joined me to talk about where the exciting youngster will go next Patrick fantastic performance in prize fighter you always knew that you were, would be the winner 
Yes, you know, we do the hardest training with Jim. The moment I get the call for the prize fighter, and you know, that puts me more hard. The hardest training I never ever do in my life. Mm. So at that moment, that's why in that moment, I believe that I will win the fight easy. But you're still only 19. Uh, uh, what, what are you going to do in the next year? Are you going to step off the gas or step on the gas? I'm going to step up. Step up? Step up, yeah, because, like, you know, I'm still 19, and soon I'm going to be 20, and this prize fighter is open a lot of doors for me, mm. so maybe, like, before next year we're targeting big things, like the Commonwealth or the English, you know, everything will come easy, so... So without prize fighter... Patrick, do you think you would have had a would have had a fight this summer? Do you think you you know surely Price Fight has really pushed your career? Well, that's why I say without the Price Fighter, you know it's always it's always hard for me without it because like seeing now everything's came easy now because the Price Fighter make me you know push me up so now I can get a fight before I don't have a fight I was stuck you know it's always I always force Jim Jim you need to get me a fight you need to get me a fight no I want to fight you but you know thank God today I can I'm still happy I'm still happy you know the prize fighter do everything now so Jim Patrick used to say to you Jim get me a fight and you used to say Pat what can I do no one wants yeah. to fight has it changed? well to, to a degree the trouble, the trouble is with Patrick prior, prior to the prize fighter Though he had like a 50-50 record, he fought good fighters. Yeah. And it also, he was giving weight all the time. He's only middleweight. So travelling and giving weight. Giving weight and experience. So I was a little bit against that. But in the end, I put him in the prize fight just to give him a payday. And then, um, and funny enough, it is absolutely true. When he was in the prize fight, I thought the kid he fought in the final would win it. Yeah. Right. But when I had a bet, I had a bet on him, actually. And then as soon as I had a bet on him... I knew he'd win it. I knew he'd win it. So that won me a couple of grand. And then uh, um, the next day, the day after the prize fighter, Dean phoned me, Dean Powell. He said... <laughs> the I've day got, after? The day after. I've got to ask you the question. I said, what's that? He said, the TV want to know. He said, can we make James DeGale and Patrick? I said, he's got 32 grand to bank. Dean, we don't need you, mate. Uh, again, we're giving weight to a bigger man. Prior to that, prior to that, early on in like uh, this year, three times I asked Dean for Digel just to give him a payday. Three times I asked Georgie Groves to just give him a payday, and three times I asked Martin Murray to give him a payday. Three times I'm not talking Martin Murray, they're people turn him down. And, and the only reason I did that is to give him a payday because in actual fact he won't mind, you, mind me saying so. I was sponsoring for his lodgings and everything, you know. So he needed a few quid. He needed, he needed a, few a win. Quid. And that's the name of the game. Uh, look, Patrick's a tough kid and you, though he's only young you can take a chance with him. You, can, you, you know, you can take a chance with Patrick where another kid's a bit frail. Yeah. So, um, but I've sort of, I've spoke to Barry Earn and done a bit of a deal with John they're going to put him out in November and sort of see if we can just develop him a little bit. He's tidying up, you know what I mean? Stiff, but um, but he'll, he'll box as a middleweight, but I'm still going to give weight just to get him a fight. Mm. So uh, we're going to give him a couple of six-rounders, a couple of eight-rounders, and then perhaps a year down the line we might be able to box for the Commonwealth title. Just say that. If not, I'll take him abroad to Germany. You know, I'll get, I'll get good, some good contacts in Germany. Because of all your visits there with Michael? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over the years, yeah. yeah. yeah no, so, you know, I can I can do that. It's hard to match him, but um, 
you know, good fighters will take him on, and good fighters really will beat him. But in that's the case, you need to make sure that the, the you know fighting a good fighter in someone's homeland, he needs to get decent money now, absolutely. or better better money now than he would before prize fighter. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. No, no, you know. So that's what I've got to do with him. But he destroys anything in my gym, anything in my gym. And you know, you know, it's a funny thing. You know, we, we spoke about it in length, me, me and uh, Patrick. African fighters generally, generally are very fit, strong, tenacious, but they, they waste 30% of their punches in the round. And, and he's absolutely right, because I've been in Africa several times, you know, with McCreese and Michael and that. And he says, it's, it's a way they're taught out there. They haven't got much in the gym, but you just have to fight hard. But nobody's stopping you making a mistake. So all I've got to do is tighten him up with his defence and tighten him up with his footwork. And maybe throw fewer punches, but throw more accurate punches. I mean, he'll throw loads of punches, and even in the round there, it was 25% weight. Patrick, in Gambia, wrestling's bigger than boxing, isn't it? Wrestling's massive in Gambia. Did did you wrestle before you boxed? Yeah, I do wrestling before. I do wrestling, you know. In Gambia, you need to do it because, like... You know, it's a, it's a culture that, you know, that like, people will very, like, want to see everybody going there and doing it. And when, the moment you start doing it, people come from different places to watch you. And if you win, it's always good, you know what I mean? So, uh, wrestling, too, is very important in Gambia. But after the, before that, I said, no, nah, I should not go for wrestling. Because Gambian people, like, I need to teach, I need to let them know what is boxing. And I need to let them know how... They see what life boxing in the Gambia. Before back in the days, they never see boxing life in the Gambia. So we 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 was the first Gambian to 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 let them see live boxing in the Gambia. Organized the fight there. All African they came there to you know to fight. Then after we was I was the first guy in history of the Gambia to win a gold medal for the Gambia. Then after that, you know, like you know, that's why when I was having the prize fight, it's always remind me of the to- tournament. Yeah. I said no, I will win it. Because the way I believe in the Gambia and I raise my flag up and I play my national anthem, <laughs> I still win it, no problem. But it's always good, it's always good. I, from today, you know, you know they're all proud, but the most proud thing people here, you know, that's the most important. Do you like when you watch boxing, Patrick? Do you watch it and watch somebody and say, he's really good? I'd like to do a bit of that in the gym. Do you learn a little bit like that from watching fighters or, or, or do, is everything you do done in the gym, working with gym and with your African roots? Which, you know, like the first thing where I start boxing from is my uncle. Boxing, from, boxing is from our own blood. But my uncle started it and he passed it to me. So he trained me. So a lot of things, like, I love watching boxing. I watch it. Okay, if this guy do this movement and win the fight, I want to watch the movement properly, go in the gym, and try, try it. it. Try it and keep that in my mind. But if it doesn't work, drop it. Drop it. Yeah, that's what I do. I try different movement, different movement. I always like watching DVD, different, I ask him, oh, Jim, can I have a DVD for this guy? Can I have a DVD for my cousin? Can I have a DVD for everyone? Because okay. I always like that's my story. That's what I use. I can go after training, close my room, and watch it. Sit down, give him DVDs, watch everything. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm coming to. That's what you name. And also Mugabe. Yeah, you know, strong African guys. Yeah, yeah. And, and they had to do a lot of work. George Francis yeah, with yeah, Mugabe yeah, 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 yeah. and the different trainers with yeah, Dick Tiger over yeah, the years. They had to calm them down. That's, that's right. So you know, in two years down the line, once I've steadied him up a little bit. He'd be a hell of a fighter. Just uh, to carry on it, I'd have loved to have seen him 
in a three round fight, an 18 with Errol Christie. Yeah, he was a bit of fight. Errol Christie, the greatest 18 year old in boxing history. Loved British him. boxing history. I loved him. 18. Loved him. Yeah, 18. Uh, him and Christie, middleweight, 18. Uh, Jim, you're a purist, you're a dreamer. Yeah, Patrick, thanks very much. Jimbo, thanks, thanks very much you. indeed. to know where prize fighter can take you he just needs to look at Audley Harrison he was the winner of the heavyweights three and he's now on the brink of a world title fight with David Hay now the man behind that fight is Eddie Hearn Harrison's manager and prize fighter promoter and I'm delighted to say that Big Eddie joins me now the interesting thing about this fight is if had it had been announced, let's say, in March or April, I think, you know, the people would have been with David, the, the, maybe the broadcasters would have been with David, the journalists would have been with David, but this three or four months of silence from him, I sort of, I'm sensing, I don't know if you're sensing it, a sort, of, a sort of groundswell against David and people, I can't even believe I'm saying this, backing Audley and liking Audley again. Absolutely, and expect to see more of the same, Steve. I said a couple of months ago, David Hayes' popularity over the next few months um, versus Audley's popularity is going to be a real strange cycle and Audley's popularity I believe is going to soar I think sometimes David comes across a, li- a little bit arrogant and you know a lot of people expect him to fight the Klitschko's I don't think he should fight the Klitschko's he's only had one defence of his world heavyweight title why, why fight he? a unification match already people don't really understand that but at the same time I think he does a lot of things that might strike people as arrogant he believes Audley Harrison doesn't deserve the chance he believes he's going to destroy him fine Audley believes he has a destiny to be the heavyweight champion of the world. And actually, and you know and I know, that underneath it all, he's a nice bloke. Mm. And all he wants to do is win the heavyweight title. So he's got a dream like all of us. And that's his dream, and I don't think he should be denied of that. He's done everything right since we've taken him on. Everything we've put in front of him, he's knocked over. You know, some in, in sensational style, some in tough style. But you can't knock a man for doing what's what's been asked of him and now he'll get his shot and uh, I think you'll see his popularity soar mm. and I think you'll just see people getting behind him because the Brits love an underdog as well yeah of course so we've got it both ways mm. you know, a bit of arrogance a bit of an underdog mm. you know, a guy from the past with a big mouth he's just got just about everything wouldn't it be nice if we were talking now in April so it could be in July mm. outdoors oh it'd be unbelievable because we could do I mean I'm going to use the royal we here mm. we as in boxing business mm. could do with this business Absolutely. couldn't we yeah yeah and you know we're going to get 20,000 I believe it could get 50 or 60,000 if it was done properly in the summer but you know maybe we'll knock him out and then we'll fight him in March, April outside or you know and then we can do it all again you know what that's bold talk Eddie as David (laughs) Hay would say that's bold talk that's bold talk but it's good talk and I know we're going to the Klitschko's have already weighed in with their opinions Evander Holyfield's weighed in with his opinion okay let's leave behind the big boys at heavyweight division and I'm going to cut straight to the chase you've got a wild card in October 9th now I know you, you like your games of poker and you like your card games Ed but come on a wild card what are we going to do for the picture? I know, I know. We, all, we can announce him under a curtain at the next press conference. We'll do, some, <laughs> we'll do something crazy like that. The, the situation is with a wild card is that this prize fighter has become a huge springboard for fighters. For the, the mainstream audience, it's perceived to be a major title. Whatever you think of it as a boxing fan, forget that because, like I said, to the mainstream audience, they believe that means the prize something. fighter champion should then go on to fight for the European, world whatever title now whether that's right or wrong that is that is how the tournament is perceived and that is 
the stature of the tournament. So if I was a fighter now, particularly in the heavyweight division, I would be saying, you know, you've got Sexton and Chisora fighting late this month. When could I possibly get a shot at them? Will I ever get a shot at them? There's so many things to consider. Well, the way to do it is to go and win the prize fight mm. title, to beat everybody, to put yourself out there in front of a huge audience and say, yeah, as it happens, I'm the heavyweight champ the prize fighter champ just like Audley Harrison did straight for a shot at the European title straight for a shot at the world title so we want to make sure that we get a big name and I believe the last place is worthy of a big name we've already got Sprott Skelton McBride's a little bit quirky mm. and we're talking to one or two one in particular who I really want to convince to take this spot and is he British? He's British, yeah. And I, I just think that he could be something special. We've always thought he could be something special. But I think he needs the opportunity to showcase that to a big audience. Mm. And he needs to come out and he needs to take a chance. Because it is a chance. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Audley took a... You know, although he didn't have a long anywhere to go, he still took a chance. Could have lost like Danny Williams? Totally. Three three-minute rounds. And it can go wrong. Yeah. But really, I believe if this, this particular fighter loses in prize fighter, it's not going to be the end of his career. You've got to up, you know, weigh up the pros and cons. The pros pros are huge if he can go through and win it win it in style he's going to bypass all these people at domestic level yeah. and I believe this particular fighter he could be go on and be a world heavyweight champion for Great Britain so when are you thinking about announcing this Eddie I'm assuming you've got a couple you know online and you know you're ready you're ready mm. you just need to you know agree one or two times when do you think you can I think give it'll us be night? announced in the next 10 to 14 days okay. we're very close with that fighter already and it's just a case of convincing him that this is the right thing to do and that's down to us that's down to of course his promoter and his family and friends and you know like I say prize fighter it is a risk but if you want to make something in your career and you want to step it up and you want to bypass the domestic level that's that's the key is if he wants to just bypass all these people who are looking and queuing up for a British title fight then you can do that by going in and winning prize fighter and of course people do do forget obviously Sexton did win prize fighter too but people forget that the reserve in the very first prize fighter which was won by Marty Rogan was none other than Derek Delboy Chisora exactly we, you know all these guys Sexton won Rogan won and went on to do great things yeah. Audley Harrison about to fight for a world title we hope you know, it's a great springboard for these people and, and all the other people. You know, Patrick Mendy you've seen recently. Patrick couldn't get a fight before prize fighter. Now all of a sudden he's coming Offers out. everywhere. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's not just people don't want to fight him, but, but Sky want to see him on. Mm. And the prize fighter audiences are, are much bigger than, than a normal fight night audience. want to be at your call on October the 9th for Prize Fighter Heavyweights 4 then make sure you enter our competition we have a pair of ringside seats to give away and all you need to do is answer this simple question who did Audley Harrison beat in the final of Prize Fighter Heavyweights 3 so who did Big Ald bash up in the final at the XL. Come on, you know the answer to that. Anyway, you email your answer to podcast at prizefighter.co.uk and we will announce the winner in our next edition of the Prize Fighter podcast with me, Steve Bunce, where I will talk to, hopefully, all of the fighters, including that mystery wildcard geezer. <laughs>